0: What's up, guys? Kevin Allen here, AK okay, The Geek, from DFS Army, and it is the conference championship round. Two games, two games enter, two teams leave, four teams enter, two teams leave for the Super Bowl. we got some big contests ahead of us on DraftKings and FanDuel. I'm going to break it all down, get a little early look, a little, little first look. There's still some injury situations we're trying to work out, um, get figured out, but obviously um, love a two-game slate. It's a lot of fun couple of showdowns as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about all. There's some interesting matchups to break down as well. So let's get into the basics here, guys. We've got two games to play. Uh, in one, the Ravens are home. Three-point favorites. Total is 44.5 points. So a little bit lower scoring game there, potentially. And then, of course, you've got the 49ers at home taking on the Lions and the 49ers are fairly heavy favorites in that one with a 51 and a half point total. There's some interesting matchups here in play that we're going to talk about, some interesting potential injury situations. But what we're going to do now is just go through go through this thing position by position and just get a sense of how the slate looks uh, like it might play out. So right off the bat, I think that the two favored quarterbacks are the primary targets for me. Um, my least, uh, my lowest interest is probably going to be in Jared Goff, but right off the bat, Lamar Jackson stands out. He's been obviously tearing it up during the playoffs. There's nothing about this matchup that is a problem. I mean, 39 points, 39 points. The guy's churning out 39 points, like, like they're going out of style, right? He's putting up big numbers. There's no reason to hold back. You don't hold back on Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. You do that in the regular season. So we are in, and this is a big Situation for Lamar, and I think he is the top quarterback on the slate for me by by I'm going to say by a pretty big margin. KC defense is good, but they're not that good. Um, There's some interesting things about the way they play defense, and of course the return of Mark Andrews. What's that going to mean? I don't know. Um, Pat Mahomes coming in second on the salary list here uh, at 6,900. You know this is not as good of a spot. Uh, first of all, Pat Mahomes just not putting up big numbers lately. I think he's a better. This matchup favors the the running game for the Chiefs above the passing game just a smidge, just like on paper a little bit, I'd say. But you know, Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. He's never out of it. But this is not the greatest of spots for him. He doesn't really stand out to me as one of the better plays. So he'll probably be third on my list of quarterbacks that I'd be interested in in this two game slate. Next up, we've got um, Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy is an interesting case here because a um, couple reasons. Number one, the Lions are actually pretty good against the run, and, and they have been destroyed by quarterbacks all throughout the playoffs. Just the last, um, really, I feel like it's been six, seven, eight games where every quarterback that's gone up against the Lions has basically been in the nuts. We've seen a Baker Mayfield smash even in the last game, even in the loss. So, there's A lot of reason to like Brock Purdy here. The matchup is spectacular for him. The, the Lions stopped the run really well. They're really terrible against the pass, and that just favors Purdy and his pass catcher. So I'm gonna be really interested in Purdy. And then last on the list for me is probably Jared Goff, who Jared Goff's a good player and all that. Um, you know, but you know, 49ers pretty good defense. It's hard to put up monster smash numbers against the 49ers, and of course the Lions have the lowest team total on this entire slate. So a bunch of reasons why I think um, Lamar and Brock Purdy would be my focal point quarterbacks for this two-gamer and Mahomes and Goff kind of on the back burner. Now, of course, ownerships will come out later in the week. Maybe I even have... Do I have ownerships? No, not yet. So um, ownerships will come out later in the week, and we'll get a sense of maybe some tournament leverage to get on these guys. But I think for starters, we really want to start with Lamar Jackson as your premier quarterback. And the reason it's not... Purdy is just because Purdy really hasn't shown you know, a, a whole lot of 30-plus point upside this season where Lamar has. So I think the scenario where Purdy becomes the better play is just in a dud situation from Lamar, which certainly can happen. It's not where they both have a good game, but Purdy kind of gets it done better. If you look at his entire season, yeah, here we've got one game where he crossed the 30-point barrier. But for the most part, he's been sub-30 all season long, and you have to expect that to continue. Now, the savings down to 6,400 might be significant. We'll see. We'll see as we go through some of these position groups, uh, of course. I saw a really interesting stat on Brock Purdy uh, that he averages almost 50% more yards per game against man coverage compared to zone coverage, and it is noteworthy that the Lions play man coverage at um you know at, at a high rate and uh, they're above uh, significantly above average rate in the NFL so that could help purdy as well uh in this spot kind of do a little bit better than he normally does um that combined again with the with the lines being really good against the pass uh, against the run and, and those things go together the reason they play man is because they're focused more on stopping the run so uh some really good potential for purdy and lamar but i'm going to start this one off with lamar And what I'm going to do as we build this lineup together kind of show who sort of stands out on the slate is show different approaches. And we're going to play with the numbers, going to Tetris them together a little bit and kind of see how things come together. So I'm going to move on to the running back position here. And of course, we've got Christian McCaffrey on the slate. And even in a bad matchup against a really good Lions run defense, (laughs) McCaffrey stands out massively above the field. He's very expensive. There's no other player really on the slate that can match uh, McCaffrey. Maybe, I guess, it could be something like Amin Ra. If you can't afford one, you can't have one without the other kind of thing. But um, it's going to be tough for anybody to really outpace McCaffrey on the slate, I would say. So I'm going to pop him in there. Um, Again, it doesn't really matter that the Lions have a good rush defense. Because even at 9K, I mean, McCaffrey's so good, he just gets gets it done. Um, the other running back matchups we've got Pacheco, who uh he's sitting on a Q tag here, won't practice Thursday, uh participated walkthrough. So let's see what happens here. This could be a, a game changer on the slate, to be honest. Uh that's huge, right? If if anybody doesn't play, or if a Pacheco doesn't, as of right now, I think Pacheco for me is the second best um running back on the slate, and somebody who I'm gonna try to get into my lineups, but if he doesn't play. You know, there's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hanging out uh, at 4,500. That's going to be really interesting. So let's let's pay attention to what happens with Isaiah Pacheco as the week rolls on. Um, Jameer Gibbs and, and Montgomery. So one of the challenges with Jameer Gibbs all season is that he's still not really the greatest uh, pass protector. So the Lions put Montgomery on the field quite a bit. And that's really a problem for Gibbs in terms of his upside um, especially against a team like San Francisco, that's going to uh, rush the passer, and, and you kind of need to be uh, be solid in pass protection. Uh, Gibbs did pretty much his usual thing in in the previous game. About 14, 15 touches, four through the air, uh, nine uh, nine rushing attempts. He actually had a really good, um, really great success on the ground against Tampa. And for me, he would be the preferred running back on the Lions. I prefer him over Montgomery. Montgomery just doesn't get enough uh, passing game work, just work in general to put up numbers big enough. And and there it is, man. It's funny because he actually had the same number of touches as Gibbs had last week, but Gibbs obviously put up the 21 and Montgomery didn't. Montgomery pretty much needs to smash in touchdowns on the goal line to produce a solid enough score. And I think that's a challenge for him in this spot. Montgomery is the underdog a significant underdog and i I don't know that the lions are going to be in a position to really um get a lot get the two touchdowns uh at the goal line that montgomery would need in order to sort of matter or be relevant on the slate for baltimore they have the two guys gus edwards and and uh justice hill now edwards didn't play a whole lot and he did come out of the game i'm just trying to see if there's a q tag or anything going on with him uh here that would cause him to lose some touches you know 10 carries two targets i guess it's okay and um let's see what justice hill did yeah 13 carries a couple targets so interesting justice hill in the game a little bit more than gus edwards last week I, I don't know for whatever that's worth i kind of would favor justice hill over but neither one of these guys is very inspiring and, and the running back position uh, in general this week isn't particularly inspiring um, again it would be really interesting if pacheco was out though and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got in the game. There's no one really else that we need to concern ourselves with. Dalvin Cook, he got eight touches. So there you go. <clears throat> he got some work there at the end, but I think that was a lot of garbage time work. So will Dalvin Cook increase his workload this week? No, I'm skeptical of it, right? Um, I, I think these guys are all pretty much not very good plays. So it's not really the way the way I want to go this week, but you'll see as we as we continue on through these positions, you know, we're gonna have to make some rough decisions, right? It's only it's only two games. There's only so many players. Um, all right, let's move on and talk about these wide receivers. So at the very top, here we've got Amin Ra St. Brown. Amin Ra's just getting peppered with targets right now. Um, I think so, yeah, he he was he was peppered. He was peppered on so I think he had 14 targets last week. Maybe more. I'm trying to uh, – DraftKings is getting a little weird on me here. But something like uh, – yeah, there it is. 14 targets last week, eight receptions. Um, pretty pretty decent number. Kind of what you would expect from Amin Ra. Had he crossed that 100-yard barrier, would have been nice. Gotten up more like 25, 26 fantasy points. But, you know, he's got he, – he represents about 1,100 savings over Christian McCaffrey. So if you think about Amin Ra, it's really uh, – I'm curious to see if you can if, – if it's really even plausible – I'm going to try to see if a lineup can get put together with him and Ayuk and a Christian McCaffrey all in the same lineup. We'll see. But, of course, Amin Ra is a good spot. I like it. But if, I, if I'm if i forced to choose, I'm going to choose McCaffrey over Amin Ra. Um, let's plug him in, though. Right? Now, Debo Samuel still has not practiced, came out of the game last week. Um, right now, it's saying he's 50-50 to play. This is a really critical component for this week's slate. There's no getting around it. Chris Debo Samuel, if he's out, opens up a couple of cheap pieces from the 49ers. And again, cheap pieces on a slate like this. You're going to see it means everything. Um, I'm skeptical of using uh, uh, Debo if he does play uh, coming off that shoulder injury. Remember that in the playoffs, these guys are going to force the issue. They're going to play if they can. They want to get in the game. It's a playoff. So I got to tough it out. Right. So you can't really trust that a player who's not practicing a ton going into a game that's a playoff game is going to play a whole lot. So that is a sketchy thing that we need to be aware of. And my assumption right now is he's not either not going to play or be limited. Um, Rasheed Rice here. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is who I want to talk about. So Brandon Ayuk really stands out this week, especially if Debo doesn't play. So if I'm if I'm forced to choose between Amin Ra and Ayuk, I'm going to choose Amin Ra. Let's call, I'll choose Amon in Cash. But I still think someone like Ayuk is probably a better quote-unquote tournament play. Um, Ayuk has been particularly good against man coverage, which again, we talked about is what the Lions play on the majority of their snaps. So it's a positive situation for Ayuk here in general. And of course, the potential possible injury to Debo Samuel, plus the fact that the Lions are a team you really want to attack via the air, um, via the pass. They've been torched by wide receiver after wide receiver, after wide receiver. A lot of reasons to like Ayuk this weekend, pretty much the other pass catchers for the 49ers, whoever it is. Um, So, you know, I'd mention, I guess, um, Juwan, Juwan Jennings, and maybe, you know, maybe one of Ray Ray or, or, or even bell there. So we'll see what happens with Debo Samuel this week. But, But certainly, Ayuk is a strong candidate to play. And as you can see here, if I put Ayuk in in this lineup, that's it. No more money left. 3K average salary per position remaining. We basically have to punt every other spot and still we'll get like a bunch of garbage. So you really can't play this combination. You kind of have to choose one of St. Brown or Ayuk if you're going to start with Lamar. And this is where I was talking about before. You can kind of start to see that switching up the quarterback might tetris together some uh good stuff for us so let me throw in a defense in this lineup as i'm building this And just again i want to give us a feel for how lineups are going to look on DraftKings this week and what most people are going to be forced in a lot of ways forced to do because a lot of these players everybody's chalk right it's not that many players so we're going to get a pretty good idea of what people are going to do just putting this lineup together so let me throw in one of these defenses right we'll throw in the ravens at 3200 neutral price point and again I'm already down to 2,900 per spot. Can't make a lineup from here. So you can't have Amin Ra and Ayuk and Lamar, right? Can't do it. So we'll pull, let's pull Amin Ra out of this one. Continue down the list here. You've got, All oh, right, I pulled, uh, I mean, I pulled Ayuk out of there, right? So you got uh, Rasheed Rice, who's coming off a, a down game. And I think people are going to, now flock to kelsey because last week rice had a bad game that's the best reason to switch back to the player who nothing has changed about rasheed rice still good still the prime guy for his team you know still a guy if we look at his pattern you know the pattern if we're just looking at a numbers pattern says play rice why 12 6 12 4 12 2 right you guys took patterns in uh in high school math, 12-6, 12-4, 12-2. We're at the twelve cycle. 12 targets in store for Rasheed Rice. What could go wrong, <laughs> right? But seriously, um, I do like Rasheed Rice here. And again, I think one of the choices we have to make is, do you want to play Amin Ra or do you want to play Ayuk and Rice? Because that can be done. So these are the kind of decisions that we're going to have to be looking at for this particular slate, let me throw Amon Raw back in there, though, and um, Zay Flowers. You know, at five thousand eight hundred, it's fine, and matches up, I guess, with Lamar Jackson. But we know we we really learned last week. You, Lamar does not need to be stacked at all. Um, Zay Flowers, he should be fine here, and I don't mind. I don't mind the spot at all. But it's really interesting what happens here after Zay. So, but but again with Zay, I probably prefer Rice, and and mm, I probably prefer Rice a little bit to him if 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 the pricing was the same. It's really interesting what happens though after Zay. If you take a look at the wide receiver position, what happens is we get a drop from 5,800 all the way down to the 4,600 level and sort of a a the turd zone. So it's like you really have to think of this slate with with salary levels in mind. We're going to have to play a couple of very cheap wide receivers. It's just how it's going to go. Jawan Jennings gets in the game last week uh, when Debo Samuel came out, got a bunch of targets, looked pretty good out there, 4,600, get the big price bump. You know, Jawan has never really kind of justified that price, but again, the matchup is so spectacular. I like Purdy already. So Jawan Jennings is interesting. Again, probably need uh, uh, Debo to be out in order for that to work, but certainly interesting. Um, Odell... You know, Odell p- played fewer snaps than Aguilar last week. It was Aguilar who really um, got more work. So I don't know what to make of it. Other than to say, I'm interested in Aguilar here. 3,800, I wish it was a little cheaper. But, you know, this is about where he's been. He's been putting up, if you look at just the last few weeks, getting you 9, 10 points, that's, that's what you want. That's fine. If I play Aguilar and he gets me 8, 9, 10 points, I'm very happy. So uh, Aguilar, an acceptable play. Aguilar also dropped what uh, looked to be a potential uh, big play as well last week. So it could have been a much bigger score for Aguilar. Of course, we've got Jamison Williams here. Jameson coming off a four-target effort. You know, you always kind of think Jamison's going to get that big play, but he hasn't done it much this year. But at 3700 he's priced appropriately. I'm fine with that. Uh, Josh Reynolds got the Q tag. Um, he's practicing. Looks like he's going to play, so that's fine as well. These are the guys we're going to have to pick right. It's a lot of guessing. It's a lot of guessing. I think the best way kind of to guess with these guys is to guess along with your quarterback. So I might just plug in uh, someone like Aguilar here. Odell Beckham, just not getting it done. Not getting it done. So, I, I, you know, nothing more than a a dart throw play. Rashad Bateman rarely gets it done here. Hasn't had a good game all year. It's just a bunch of dart throws. Bateman, um, Valdez-Scantling had a bunch of targets, actually four targets, but did the same shit he always does, which is very little. Um, Kadarius Tony looks like he's going to play as well. So we'll see about him. But basically I think the way the slate's going to work out and it's unfortunate, but it's basically, you're going to have to pick the right turd and tight end gets really interesting as well. I think there's a couple of different strategies we can, we can use at the tight end position on the slate. And I want to talk about a couple of them. Uh, obviously Travis Kelsey, great, you know, 6,600 reasonable price for Kelsey Laporte has been great. Um, how many targets? Eleven targets last week. Just was targeted like crazy last week, which is, you know, uh, a positive sign. It's got the Q tag. We'll see what's up with that. Um, George Kittle, somebody I actually really really like. And notice the price point: fifty four, fifty three. So that big gap between wide receiver pricing and you know that that fifty eight hundred all the way down to forty six hundred gap. Well, it's bridged a little bit by some of these mid level tight ends. George Kill, I think, is in a really good spot and somebody I'm going to try to force into some lineups. But George, you know, George rarely gets 12 targets. You know, he's got to get it done. He's got to get it done on six or seven. He usually can. That's the kind of offense that the Lions run. And, of course, that, that matchup for the passing game of the Lions is almost too good to ignore. Then we've got a couple of interesting spots here. So Mark Andrews coming back off of IR. What does that mean? How much is he going to play? I don't know. Um, is he playable at 5K? Maybe. But what about likely? What if everybody shifts energy over to Andrews? Is likely in play? I, I say yes. I say why not? So these will be a couple decision points. I'm not super high on Andrews coming off of the injury. But you know if no one's going to play him, great. But I, I usually think that ownership tends to almost spike a little too high on guys like this. So we'll have to really watch ownership to get an idea of what to do here. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. You know, in there for Brock Wright as the backup uh, tight end for San Francisco. I think that's acceptable. Let's we'll see if he, I guess he's on the practice squad, so we'll see if he plays. But the one guy I'm actually really interested in, because I think that punting tight end might be the way to go, is Noah Gray. So look at what happens to salaries when I pop Noah Gray into the mix. So going with a $2,500 tight end, somebody super cheap, makes my lineup unique and different. And it's a strategy I think we're definitely going to be using in a lot of lineups. So I do not mind at all. Once again, and we talked about it last week as well, and that smashed and people took down tournaments with it. Talk about double tight end last week. And again, we had members, DFS Army members winning uh, the Minimax at first and second place, I think, in the Minimax. It was pretty impressive. Um, Or in a nickel game or something like that. So uh, in in the nickel on FanDuel and the Minimax, like guys were killing it with the double tight end last week. And I think we can go right back to it here if you use one of the super cheap ones. Because these other tight ends. Kelsey, Kittle and Laporta, you know, Kittle and Laporta just fall in a price point that there is no competition for anybody else. Likely at 4,300 is really interesting. And I think it'll be super low owned. And Travis Kelsey, two touchdowns last week. More can you ask? Right. Anybody can get it done here. So I really like this idea of going super cheap at the tight end. And you probably only need couple receptions, five, seven points out of Noah Gray. And he usually gets that he's averaging 4.1 fantasy points per game, three targets, three targets, four targets, three. So he gets targets. It's not a ton, but he gets a few targets each week. So I don't mind that spot. So now we're down to 4,400. I'm going to plug in Nelson Aguilar at wide receiver. And I have, I have a bit of a reasoning here as well. Nelson Aguilar has been uh, one of the better wide receivers on the Ravens when it comes to, Defeating man coverage. And the Chiefs play man uh coverage at uh one of the highest rates in the NFL. So maybe Aguilar. Um Odell Beckham also kind of good against man coverage. Like basically, if you think about it, Odell with his slants and something like that, he could get open and break a big one. So he'd be of interest as well. But I'm, I'm gonna go a little bit cheaper with this salary level to see what happens. And what you're gonna see here is basically when you make any lineup this week you're going to have to use effectively two turns, at least two and probably three. I'm going to show different. We're going to Tetris a few different ways together though. But if I use another, one of these three K type of wide receivers, I'm going to pick one that I want to, I want to get somebody with a chance. So let's go with, uh, I really want Jawan Jennings in here, but I'm only, he's so expensive for his traditional price point. Like it disturbs me. So I'm going to go with Jamison Williams here. Right, And it leaves us with 5,600 for the flex. That gets us a Sam Laporta or a George Kittle. Not bad, right? We get that extra good player in there. Now, one of the things I, I just wanted to demonstrate, though, is if, we, if we're if we willing to come off of one of McCaffrey or Ra, we can probably get a second stud. And, and certainly going down from Lamar to Purdy would make a big difference. So look at the difference here if we now... And again, I like Lamar a lot more, but what if he only puts up a 28? I mean, they win. Fine, tough game, right? And Purdy puts up a 25. Not enough of a gap to pay up. And then what happens? 1,700 frees up right here. Now I can get another stud, a true stud in the lineup, like an IU, or I can go back to Kittle here in the flex. Where was that? I lost him. Back to Kittle, and I can upgrade potentially. Ah, could I get there? No, uh, 37. No, I can't quite get there. So... I can't upgrade those spots quite yet, but I could get another stud in this lineup. Now, the way I could possibly get, let me see if this works. Remember I said earlier, if I get rid of Amin-Ra, I'm going to try to see if we can work in Rice and Iuke 67. Yep, there we go. That's what I was hoping. The math works. So in this case, the first lineup I kind of showed a Lamar lineup. We're able to get Amin Rai in there, but we have to pretty much get triple triple punt going, triple turds. And by triple turds, I mean you got Noah Gray, you got Jameson. These sub, these four, basically everybody forty five hundred and below is pretty much turd on the slate. So I have to play three of them. In this version, if I go down to Purdy, still leaving Noah Gray in there. I only need. One turd. And I really like this this approach. Now, again, it doesn't matter which player this is, uh the turd and I hate to call him turd, but that's effectively what we're looking at here. Like um just a hope, a hope and pray kind of spot. You know, it could be Bateman, it could be Scantling, it could be Watson, Tony. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But two different sort of approaches to the slate with those two different quarterbacks. Um this week, let me just jump to the DraftKings lobby here and show some of the contests that we have to attack. But uh, the big ones are going to be the two-gamer. There's, of course, showdowns, which we'll be breaking down over in the DFS Army uh, Discord right here on the YouTube channel as well. So um tune in for that, showdown breakdowns. But we've got some pretty big contests here for the two-game slate. Of course, the million-dollar to first contest, pretty big flea here as well. Uh, that is a big fleet, 41,000 entrants. So a lot of fun this weekend. I love attacking these kind of slates. Two games left. Everybody's going to have similar lineups. So my suggestion for the for the two game is if you feel confident in a certain play, load up, go all in, don't worry about it, um, especially in a punt play. If you find a punt play that you feel really confident, like you find some reason why you love Jameson Williams or Jawan Jennings or or Josh Reynolds or some reason like that load up on it. If you're right, take this tournament down. Uh, remember to check into the DFS army YouTube channel here. We'll have tournament tactics with the whole crew one last time for one more two game slate set up for Friday afternoon. And of course I will be in the DFS army, uh, VIP discord breaking down, uh, how to set up the optimizer for the two gamer, on Saturday for the Players Club for all my DFS Army subscribers. Good luck this weekend, everybody. I'll see you.